This is Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. With a look at business and finance news this week, the ABC's business editor, Ian Verinder. Ian, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Evening, Phil. Good to be here. Big week, of course, for the Reserve Bank. Well, every month seems to be now because they only do one thing, which is raise rates again. This is 10 in a row now. Yep. 10 Uh, in a row low. Yes, exactly. Well, he might be trying to cement his legacy. He's certainly cementing over a lot of people's hopes and dreams at the moment, uh, as well in terms of mortgage holders, mm. uh, I, would, I would have thought. However, the, the, uh, I suppose the big question is, is, uh, is this the end? I mean, he, his statement appears to suggest that it's not. What do you think? Well, I can never rule anything out, and it'd yeah. be silly to do so. And where they've landed themselves in trouble has been have been to to essentially say we are going to do this. You know, rates won't be rising till this level until twenty twenty four. You know, locking yourself into a position is a really silly thing to do when you're a central banker, and so you don't close the door or on anything at all. You know, on any possibility. And so the statement that accompanied the decision this week mm. essentially left open the. Door for further rate hikes, but was nowhere near as definite as last month, where they said we will see further rate hikes, plural, mm. in coming months, plural. So, and you know, that's a very so short what have time. So, what, what have they said this time? This time around, they've essentially said uh, a further tightening may be necessary. Right. Right. So, that's a major kind of scale back in the rhetoric. And, uh, you know, markets and everybody else have taken that as well. We might even get a pause next month. Hmm. Well, that's right, because the statement also says that the Reserve Bank acknowledges that inflation's peaked, which is what most people think. Yeah, and look, not only that, they've also acknowledged in the statement that there's a whole range of other things that have weakened. Now, the reason that they were so aggressive in this in the statement in in February was that uh, they had we had con- consumer price index inflation numbers that came out uh, in January that were really much. Uh, I guess, more elevated than expected. But since then, we've seen GDP, we've seen wages, we've seen employment and unemployment numbers all come in much weaker than expected. And this is all in the past four weeks. Mm. So they've gone from wrapping up the the talk a month ago to having to unwind it all this time. Mm. Yeah, that's that's right. The the, uh, Central Bank Governor, Philip Lowe, of course, well, he's in. I mean, there's a whole issue about central banks... Anyway, isn't there some theory that that uh, Mr. Lowe might be trying to cement? Well, I think no one thinks he'll be reappointed in September. No. So uh, this is his this is his uh, his you know his last few months in the in the gig. He doesn't want to hand the ship over in a in a in a shoddy state. I I expect. However, it does highlight it has highlighted hasn't it the the role of central banks generally and the, the limited range of tools they have to influence economic policy, i.e., interest rates is the only one they seem to have to hand. Uh, central banks probably congratulate themselves for for slaying the inflation dragon in the latter part of the last century, mm. but. Was it just them anyway? No, it wasn't. And and unfortunately, they've, I guess, deluded themselves into thinking that it largely was them. Mm. And governments have believed this as well, um, that it was essentially monetary policy and monetary policy alone that, that really knocked inflation for six back in the 90s. Now, inflation got out of control in the 70s and 80s. And it was, you know, it started in much, and this is where the problem this time around has come from, because they've looked back to the, the last great, 
inflation outbreak and thought, right, we'll do the same thing we did back then because mm. it's very mu it's very similar to what was going on back then because it all started back then with a you know a huge spike in in energy prices because mm -hmm. remember when the uh, you know the great uh, OPEC OPEC was formed and the great uh, we had two big spikes in oil prices, oil crisis. And uh, this, this time around, we've seen a similar situation with Vladimir Putin's uh, invasion of Ukraine, which saw energy prices soar as well. Mm. And so they've gone, right, that's what happened back then. This is ha the same thing's happening now. Uh, we had, back then we had wages, you know, go out of control. It's going to happen again here. So we've got to make sure that wages don't go up. What have we got to, to do to... We'll just jack up interest rates the way we did back then. Now, everyone remembers the period in the early 90s when uh, interest rates here went to about 19%, the official rate. And, uh, you know, this time around, it's nowhere near that level. Mm. But the level of pain that's involved this time around is probably even worse because this is the, the sharpest, the steepest rise in interest rates we've ever had. Mm. This is unprecedented. It's much bigger than we had back in the 90s. Even though we went to a much higher level, we were starting on a, on a much higher base back then. And, I mean, look, the problem with interest rates generally is that they really target specific groups of people. The pain isn't shared equally. And this time around, it's going to be very young and very vulnerable home buyers who were kind of lured into the market with uh, very cheap interest rates and central banks and governments wanting to spur the economy on just two years ago. Yeah. But as to your question about did central banks really kill inflation last time around? No, there were three big factors that were involved back then. Hmm. Uh, I mean, many people have observed that the greatest uh, dampener on inflation, well, the, the country that exported low inflation to the West was China. Because yeah, it, Because it became the world's manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, and it became the world's lowest cost manufacturer. Yeah. So as, you know, like China went essentially from being an agrarian economy uh, to, you know, the world's factory. It, it produced everything, you know, from mm. tiny little components to trains to uh, tools to jewellery, to everything you can possibly think of. Our, all our clothes are made in China, shoes, everything. Mm. Um, uh, so everything we wear, all the stuff we, we buy, you know, the electronics, cars, everything came out of China. And as they produced more and more and at scale, Prices actually came down, so that you know we weren't just seeing a moderation of uh, of price increases. We saw prices actually drop quite heavily in many c categories, and that was one of the biggest factors in ensuring that inflation went nowhere for twenty years or more. And it's, it's true that uh, you know the inflation. Uh, genie back then got out of the bottle and uh, interest rates soaring to those extraordinary levels mm -hmm. certainly sent economies, Western economies, into recession. Um, and inflation did stop after that or moderate hugely. Mm. But it was China that was the big thing. And there were a couple of other big factors as well, both global factors that, you know, governments and central banks really don't, don't um, uh, admit to. Yeah, I mean, with the role, the rise of Ch the role of China as the world's cheapest, lowest cost manufacturer, of course, came uh, this obsession now passing, well, has passed, I think, of globalisation. The world's capitalists just decided that, that, that globalisation was the, the way forward and they, this was the dream. Uh, its costs on people, of course, were glossed over. Yeah. But we've 
that that too, in a sense, was a damper on inflation. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it was the era of deregulation, of trade liberalisation, mm, mm. and you know, so we we saw the um, you know the formation of uh, the euro area, and the you know, so the the common market, you know, everything was opening up. Mm. Uh, tariffs were were absolutely smashed in Australia. We we just basically eliminated all our trade barriers here, and this was happening all around the world. And as China continued to to grow uh, and do it at such scale and and with uh, prices and, and at such cheaper rates, industry started to move to China. So you know, it, it everywhere it was all figured out, I guess, by academics that if consumers are going to buy things at a cheaper price, then everybody will be better off. It, it didn't yeah. really work out that way, but for the look for that brief period of time, the, I guess the twenty years or so that it uh, up until the global financial crisis, um, it, it did seem as though this liberalisation of trade was also uh, bringing down inflation. And uh, but unfortunately, it had some very negative side effects as yeah, well. Yeah, we don't want to throw the baby out of the bathwater here, though, do we? I, I mean. <laughs> The last thing in the world we want is a return to high tariff barriers, protectionist economies, because it makes people poor. It made Australia poor. Uh, you know, trade liberalisation yeah. made people around the world richer. Oh, I did, absolutely. It raised living standards everywhere, yeah. including in Australia. Yeah, but there's been a backlash to it now because mm. of the unemployment rise. You know, you had employment essentially move from Western developed countries into China and into developing nations. And, you know, you can do that if it takes place over a short period of time and there's, a, there's time for adjustment and for people to move up on into other industries and so forth. But when it happens over a fairly short period of time, there's a level of pain that's involved that governments find difficult to deal with. And uh, it breeds a level of hatred or, I guess, uh, insecurity within communities. And that's why you've seen such a shift in politics, particularly in America, you know, with the rise of, mm. you know, leaders like Donald Trump and so forth. Mm. But, you know, it was the, the trade liberalisation that took place, globalisation, did really have a major impact on lowering inflation. Yeah. Now, but, you know, as we're talking about, the other big factor, of course, too, was um, the end of the Cold War. Yeah. And so you had, um, you know, the Russia basically falling apart or the USSR mm. falling apart. And so that meant that countries, Western developed countries particularly, didn't have to spend as much money on defence. Yeah. And not spending that kind of money was also a dampener on inflation. Now, all of those factors are now unwinding. China is no longer going to be the growth. It's still going to be, main, you know, if as long as we don't have any, you know, mm. uh, wars in Taiwan or so over Taiwan, it's still going to be a major uh, economic force around the world. But its position won't change. And economics is all about it's not about the level, it's about the change. And so when it went from a tiny little you know, country to a massive um, you know, producer of goods and services, that was the big impact on inflation. It's now going to level off at that level, at that stage. So we won't see that change again um, you know, with uh, globalisation. That's actually taking a backward step. And with, of course, mm. with what's happening in geopolitics now, um, we're going to see a lot more money spent on um, on defence, and so that's going to really fuel inflation as well. So, you know, we we could end up doing this, uh, you know, massive lift in in um, interest rates and putting, you know, the Western economies into recession. But will it really kill inflation? Yeah. Well, maybe not. I know. 
I know these are issues. All right, Ian, good to talk. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 